Well, good morning, family. I want to welcome you all to BT Church, our 11 a.m. worship service. I want to welcome those of our brothers and sisters joining us with our BT online family. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you came to church with me today. Yeah, really mean it. I'm glad you came to church with me today. You could have gone to church with anybody. But I'm so glad you came to church with me today. Uh, we are going to pick up where we left off last week in the book of Exodus, uh, talking about Moses. So turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. While you are turning there, we are a church that loves to practice uh, celebration. Amen. And I don't have the exact numbers, but this is what I do know. I do know that from Sunday to Sunday, uh, there's been more than one person that has decided to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so we celebrate that. Amen. We celebrate that. We are going to see somebody go public with their faith in the waters of baptism during this service after I wrap up. And so we celebrate that, uh, the spiritual decisions being made. And, and let's give our families that dedicated uh, their children a round of applause. So many babies. I love that. I love babies in church. I do. I, I, some, I don't mind if a baby cry in church. I love babies in church. I, I think it's great. Amen. Uh, we, we're hearing uh, so many great, great things coming out of our kids' ministry, and Pastor Joaquin doing a great job with the team across all of our campuses. I, I, I just love it. I, I love when I hear stories. Uh, we, we heard a story uh, in BT, in, in our Edinburgh campus, uh, a father was baptized uh, at, at our Edinburgh campus a few weeks back, and uh, the mom, I, I was there at the baptism as Pastor Mike baptized me, and the mom looked over to me, and she said, man, we, we weren't going to come to church today. She said, we weren't going to come to church today because we had family in from out of town. She said, but, but my son woke up, and he demanded that we go to church. And the son demanded they go to church, and daddy got baptized. Amen? So we celebrate what God is doing. Wow. So more of the story is, listen to your kids when they want to come to church. No, <laughs> No, uh, we, we're in our Moses series, and uh, be, before we go any further in our series, here's what I want us to know. I want us to understand that while Moses is a very important prophetic and heroic figure uh, in the Old Testament, uh, all throughout uh, the story of Scripture, Moses is not the focal point of the book of Exodus, Okay. And so when we preach this series, one of the things that, 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 that we don't want to communicate is, hey, be like Moses, be like Moses, be like Moses. Now, Moses is not a bad guy, okay? Uh, but Moses is not the focal point of the book of Exodus. God is, okay? Now, now here's the thing. We, we're not saying be like Moses because if we're honest, most of us are already like Moses, you already like him. Running from the consequences of your past. <laughs> Settling into your wilderness and setting up shop there, right? 
giving God your list of reasons of why he can't use you. Most of us are already like him. So we don't want you to be like Moses. We want you to be with God. Because if you are with God, and as we'll look, if you are with God, we believe that God will use you just like he used Moses, okay? And so let's turn to our Bible in Exodus chapter 3. Did I give you a verse? Okay, just making sure y'all going to listen to me. We're going to start at verse 1. It says this. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Don't come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. I told you, we're already like Moses. Many of us do the same thing. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt. And have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings and I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, the Hethites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. So because the Israelites cry for help has come to me. And I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God. See, here here he is. We already like Moses. Look at it. But Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Verse 12, he answered, I will certainly be with you, and this will be the sign to you that I am the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. Let's ask God to bless our time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you now through the hearing and preaching of your word. It's my prayer for the next few minutes by the power of the Holy Spirit that your word is clearly communicated. It is my prayer that Jesus Christ is highly exalted. And it is my prayer that your people are beautifully blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to preach from the subject, finding God where you least expect him. Finding God where you least expect him. Last week, We left off with Moses running from Egypt and settling in Midian with Jethro and his daughters. And Moses is now setting setting roots. He is placing roots in Midian as he has taken one of Jethro's daughters to be his wedded wife. He has 
a son there, and now Moses is, he's working in the family business, tending and shepherding Jethro's flock. This morning, we are introduced to Moses going about his daily routine. He is, he is doing his normal routine, shepherding the flock, and there he finds God where he least expects to find God. It's my prayer that we know that we can find God where we least expect him. Now, I know I have some theologians in the room. You read your Bible. You read theology. And I, I, know, I know you probably like, Pastor Nick, finding God. Well, nobody finds God because God ain't lost. I'm with you. I read the Bible too. You may say, well, God's not lost. We don't need to find God. As a matter of fact, according to Romans, it tells us that no one sees God. No one follows after God. And, 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 and I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I will give you that. We don't need to find God because God is not lost. But when you read all of Scripture and you read the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 29, you will see that God himself says this, that when you seek after me. You will find me if you seek me with all your heart. So it is, it is not unbiblical to speak about a concept of finding God because here's the truth. We don't need to find God because he's lost, but we do need to find God because he's hidden. Yeah. Many times God is hidden. And sometimes Pain hides God. Sometimes pride hides God. Sometimes suffering hides God. Sometimes success hides God. Sometimes our insecurities hide God. Sometimes our, our, our impurities hide God. Sometimes our addictions hide God. Sometimes our depression hides God. Sometimes our anxiety hides God. Sometimes our fears hide God. Sometimes our, our mess hides God. Sometimes our friends hide God. Sometimes, sometimes our, our, our stuck-up arrogance hides God. Sometimes God hides God. We got to find him. Amen. Y'all could be good. Listen, let me just say this. Let me say this. I got to say this. I got to get this off my chest. Y'all delete it from TV. All right. All right. I am a black Baptist preacher, okay? It will not mess me up if you clap while I'm preaching. I just want you to know that. Okay. Just so you know that. Just had to say that. I just, you know, I've been here nine years and people are always scared to clap. Trust me. None of the preachers that preach here at BT will be messed up if something resonates with you and you clap a little bit. Trust me. We... So clap. Don't just check. Amen. Don't trickle it out. Clap. All right. So sometimes God, sometimes God hides God. And, and, and so this message this morning may not be for everybody, okay? And I'm, I'm cool with that. But this message is for the ones that know that they need to find God because they know they won't make it through this life if God is not in their life. Do I have anybody here with me? So I want to find God. And here's the good news. We can find God where we least expect him. 
Moses is going about his routine, doing his day-to-day, and, and he finds God. Now, now here, if we're going to find God where we least expect him, here's what we've got to understand. It, number one, finding God, it shifts our surroundings. <laughs> that God can take an ordinary day and make extraordinary things happen in that ordinary day. Now, one of the reasons why we don't acknowledge God where we are or we aren't aware of God working where we are because we don't slow down enough to notice that God has shifted something in our surroundings. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been driving the same way to work or the same way home? And you just stop and notice, hmm, they done put a stop sign right there. We drive by aimlessly. We are, on, we are on our way. Or you stop by and say, hmm, they building another car wash. <laughs> Have you ever said that? I said that this week. Another car wash? Like, wow. Like, not no dollar store, you know, not no convenience store. Another car wash. <laughs> but if you stop and notice, notice that God shifts our surrounding, this is, what, this is what happens with Moses. Moses is going about his day, and he is in the wilderness, on the far side of the wilderness. It is not unusual in a dry wilderness to see bushes on fire. But it is unusual to see a bush on fire, but it ain't burning up. And what Moses does is he slows down enough. His curiosity is cultivated enough. His life is is pressed on pause. And Moses stops to notice that God is moving or something is moving. Something is different about what he's seeing. And, and here's, here's where I want to ask us. Here's what I want to ask us. Do you notice that God is still moving even in your ordinary day to day? That God is moving in the drop off line. That as, that, that as you sit around the water cooler at work or you sit in front of your computer looking at your endless amount of emails that that God is still moving, that God is shifting your surroundings. And, and sometimes, sometimes we don't even notice it, but, but God is moving. And how do we know that God is moving? Because he's moving in us. Because the same things can happen at work. Your work, your job has been dysfunctional, but now you go in there with peace. God is shifting your surroundings. You go to your in-law's house and... Where Letha don't like you, she don't hardly speak to you. <laughs> but you go up in there and she say, how you doing, baby? And you like, what? <laughs> Me? Yes, you. God is shifting <laughs> your surroundings. Thanksgiving might be less awkward this year because God 
is shifting your surroundings. And, and, and here's the thing. If we can't see God at work where we are, we won't see God at work when we get to where, he th- where we think he wants to take us. See, God is not just in the future. God is with us right now. And I love it how the psalm says it about God. It says this, that God is a very present help in the time of need, that, that now God is here. God is with me. And we, we need to learn this. This is where we need to learn. And, and here, here's what we got to learn. We got to learn how to be where our feet are. Got to learn how to be where our feet are. Because as we settle down and as we stop and take a good look at life and how God is shifting our surroundings, we will find God where we least expect him. And now that God has Moses' attention, God says, okay, Moses, you've come far enough. As a matter of fact, I want you to take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. Now what God is doing is when you're in the presence of God, you've got to act like you're in the presence of God. That means this, that our life as we know it is going to change. And Moses, he is in the presence of God. He notices that the bush is on fire, but it's not burning. And I love God. God uses this as an opportunity to communicate more of his character to Moses. God fixes the focus of Moses. See, if we're going to find God where we least expect him, our focus has got to be fixed. And here's how God fixes our focus. He lets us know more about himself first before he lets us know more about ourselves. I know we've all given into this culture and this culture says, hey, you got to find yourself. And people jump from relationship to relationship trying to find themselves. People go from career to career trying to find themselves. They go from major to major trying to find themselves. They move from city to city trying to find themselves. They they, they change their hair trying to find themselves. They they change their look trying to find themselves. They start going to the gym trying to find themselves. But, But here's what I want us to understand. Life is not about us finding ourselves because we will waste a lot of time constantly looking for us. How many of y'all wasted a whole bunch of time trying to find yourself? Amen. Some of y'all like that relationship lasted 20 years too long because I was trying to find myself. But God fixes our focus because remember this, God wants us to find him. God wants us to know him because here's what I believe. If we would take the focus off of ourselves and place the focus on God, God will lead us to where he wants us to be. God will show us who we are to be. He will show us ultimately who he is and then we will be able to know who we are in relation to who God is and, and life is better God's way when we see things his way. How does God fix Moses' focus? Well, it's right here in the text. I'm not making it up. Look at it. God says this, verse 6, I am the God of your father. 
the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God lays out this truth. He says this, I am a covenant-keeping God. I am a consistent God. I, I didn't just get here. I am the God of your fathers and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I, I've, I've been consistent for a long time. Here's how our focus is fixed because God is never behind the eight ball in our life. God is consistent. And his faithfulness, I love it. Thank you, babies, for the illustration. They didn't even know we was preaching this. But, but his, his faithfulness endures from generation to generation. We don't even know. We don't even know it. But, but, but a lot of us in here, we are in here because of the prayers of somebody two generations far removed from us. And that person prayed, God, use somebody in my family. God, save my family. God, heal my family. God, restore my family. God, save my grandchildren. Save my son. Save my son-in-law. And a lot of us are in here because somebody had their focus on God and not themselves. See, Moses, his focus is fixed. God not only... He not only proclaims his identity, but then God does this. He, he proclaims his promises. Look at it with me. He says, I have observed the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out. I know about their sufferings, and I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land. This is so good because God fixes his Moses' focus. And he says, Moses, here's what you got to understand about my character. Here's what you got to understand about who I am. I am the God who sees. I am the God who hears. I am the God who knows. And I'm the God who acts. Here's where we got to find God. Here's why we can find God where we least expect him. Because guess what? No matter where we find ourselves in life, God ain't changing. God ain't changing. God can't change. And so the same God that sees, the same God that hears, the same God that knows, and the same God that acts is the same God we can find today. A God that sees our situation and God does not respond to our situation how we would respond to our situation because he's God. Amen. You can panic, but God ain't. It reminds me of when they're on the boat with Jesus, and Jesus is, at sleep, is asleep in the bottom of the boat, and the disciples are freaking out. They are freaking out, and they come to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, do you care that we're about to die? And Jesus gets up. He doesn't panic. Why? Because he sees, he hears, he knows, and he acts. And Jesus gets up and he rebukes the winds and the waves. Sometimes I got to tell my wife this when we drive. And I don't know about you, but, but I don't know if, you know, your wife think her driving better than yours, men. Some, some of y'all can relate. We'll talk about it at Men's Spiritual Boot Camp if you register today. We, we, we have a support group. But sometimes we'll be somewhere driving and my wife... My wife would be, she'd be like, oh, Nick, what? 
And she was like, you about to, you know, lean over into my seat, you know. <laughs> and I appreciate, I appreciate the care and concern, but sometimes I got to tell her, listen, I ain't going to kill you because I ain't about to kill me. Amen. <laughs> I'm not going to run into the truck. I want to live too. Oh, watch I see it. I see it all. I don't know if that's been your testimony, but that's mine. But this, this, this attention that God gives Moses is so powerful because God is just telling Moses more about who God is, and it's fixing Moses' focus. Not only that, but God, he restates his sovereignty. Look at, look at what God says. God says this, I'm going to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. God basically said, hey, I want you to know that there are other people currently where I'm taking you, but I'm still going to take you there and take care of you, and we're going to deal with them. See, when God gives us the picture, he doesn't give us the whole picture. God gives us enough of the picture so that we have to trust him and so that we know we need him. Are you with me? And some of us, we aren't finding God where we least expect him because we expect to have it all figured out right now today. And God is like, you know what? Right now today, you know what you need to know? Right now today, here's what you need to know. You need me. And that's good enough. You need me. And that's good enough. But remember what I said, we're already like Moses. Most of us are already really like Moses because as God is trying to fix Moses' focus and as God is telling Moses more about his divine character, Moses is a lot like us. Look at verse 11. Moses says, (laughs) who am I that I should go to Pharaoh that... I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses, were you not paying attention? You see that? Moses is still focused on himself. And like us many times after God gives us a word and God gives us his presence and God gives us his character, God gives us enough of himself so that we can find him and lean on him. Our flesh still wants us to turn inward and look at ourselves. And here's what I want you to know. The longer you look at yourself, the more you're going to find wrong with yourself. The more you're going to count yourself out. The more you're going to disqualify yourself. The more you're going to either get prideful or you're going to get, you're going to get so low down on yourself that you don't think God can use you. This is what happens. Some of us do this every day. We look in the mirror and we like, okay, my outfit nice. I like this. Okay, this look good. And then Hold up. I got three extra nose heads I ain't know about. (laughs) Have you ever been there? You walk out the house thinking you cute, thinking, you know, your swag on 10, you walk out, and then you get in the car, you look in the rearview mirror, you're like, oh, man, my teeth, yeah. 
I got makeup on my lipstick on my teeth. Or some of the brothers that pluck their eyebrows. You like, man, I... <laughs> Don't be ashamed about plucking your eyebrow, brother. I know some of y'all doing it because they're just too precise, but I'm, it's all right. It's all right. But the longer we look at ourselves, guess what? The longer we look at ourselves, the more we're only going to find what's wrong with us. That's not how God wants us to live at all. We need to look at ourselves long enough to know that we need Jesus, and then we need to make a beeline to Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Behold him. Look at him. Look to God, because God has just spent all of this time talking about his promises, talking about his character, talking about his sovereignty, and Moses is still worried about his resume. And I love it because before God says, Moses, you crazy. Are, are, you, are you stupid? Are you dumb? Like, God, God doesn't do that. I'm so glad that God is not like me. But notice this. God does not answer Moses' question how Moses would think. Like, <laughs> Moses says, God, who am I? God, how, how are you going to use me? Who am I. And we'll talk more about this next week, but notice what God says. God doesn't give Moses an answer as it relates to Moses' resume or his identity. God just reminds Moses, he says, I am with you. I will certainly be with you. Do y'all see that? I'm not making it up. I don't want y'all to think I make this up. Verse 12, God answered, I will certainly be with you. See, we can rely on the presence of God even when we can't rely on our own dependability. We can rely on God's presence even when we cannot rely on our own mindset and consciousness. Amen. And, and one of the things that, 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 that one of the things that I really, I really don't ever want to get to in life, one of the places I never want to get to in life, I don't ever want to be too good at what I do to where I think that I have to have control and I don't need God at all. See, Moses is thinking that he's going to be the one to do all this. But remember what I said at the top of my message, Moses is not the hero he is not the focal point. God is. And God says, Moses, hey, fix your focus. Let me give you a better perspective. Because when Moses asks, who am I? God says, you don't even have to worry about who you are. Just know I'm going to be with you. <coughs> Amen. I shared this story before. And I talked about how, you know, uh, when you used to play pickup basketball and, and you used to, you know, want to be picked and, 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 they pick you. And so I wasn't good at sports at all, okay? Here's, here's, I had the gift of gab so I could talk trash, get in people's head. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I was Patrick Beverly before Patrick Beverly. Amen. That's all. <laughs> That's what I used to do. And, and, you know, because I was tall a little bit, and, and I'm going to just say this, I think because I had, you know, the complexion for connection, people thought I could play. <laughs> I'm going to just be real, just being honest. 
people thought I could play. I could not, okay? But because I had the gift of gab, because I was willing to play defense and do all that other stuff, people would pick me. People would pick me. And, and people knew I would miss a wide open shot. Hey, Amen. They still pick me on their team. But here's what I knew because I knew my own limitations. I knew this. All I got to do on the team is not get in the way and get the ball to the best person. That's what you got to do. And guess what? A baller going to love you on their team if you always passing it to them. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that's what I did. I wouldn't be in the way, and I would try to get the ball to the best person. And, and, and guess what? In life, it is the same thing. Get out of God's way and put the ball in his hands. Are you with me? Get out of his way and put the ball in his hands. This is what, this is what God is ultimately saying to Moses. Moses is saying, who am I? And God is like, don't worry about who you are. I am going to be with you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? If God's on our side, it don't matter who's on the other side. If God is in my life, it doesn't matter what's going on around my life. This is why we need to find God. And God gives Moses a different perspective. He provides a different perspective. And look at what he tells Moses, verse 12, and then we're going to go home. God says, I will certainly be with you, and this will be the sign to you that I am the one who sent you. Look at it. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. That's good news right there. Because Moses has a bunch of ifs hanging up in the air because Moses feels like it all depends on him. And remember I said, we're already like Moses. Many of us have a bunch of ifs hanging up in the air if this works out and if it goes this way and if this happens. And the reason why we have all of these ifs hanging out there is because we're trying to live life without finding God, but God says, hey, because I am with you, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. He says, when you come out of Egypt, here's what you're going to do. You're going to worship me. You're going to praise me. You're going to bless my name. You're going to live for me. You're going to follow me. And this is what we all need. This is why we need to find God. Not so that we can be successful. Not so that we can achieve great things. Not so that we can defeat our oppression. God has already settled that. He's already handled that. Here's why we need to find God. We need to find God so that we can properly worship. So that we can worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad that those of us that are far removed from the events of the Exodus, we have more reason to trust God now than Moses did back then. How could you say that, Pastor Nick, that we have more reason to trust God now than Moses did back then? Because Moses 
He didn't have the benefit of looking back at the cross of Calvary to see how much God will spend to spend eternity with us. Are you with me? The cross of Jesus Christ should give us the ultimate perspective change. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. That is the ultimate perspective change. If there's anything ordinary about this life, it's death. If there's anything ordinary about this life, it's death. And there was nothing There was nothing extraordinary about a crucifixion. People got crucified on the daily, but God shifted the surroundings. At the cross, God shifted the surroundings. How do you know that? Because the scripture says that as Jesus hung there on the cross, the earth began to rock and went real. God shifted the surroundings on the cross. It says the sun refused to shine. God shifted the surroundings. It says that on the cross, the veil was ripped from the top to the bottom. And I'm so glad that on the cross, God shifted the surroundings of humanity. But it gets gooder. Yeah, in my best English, it gets gooder because on the cross, God fixed our focus. Yeah, Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And there was a Roman soldier at the foot of the cross that was going by about his day to day. He, he may have been the one that put the nails in his hands. I don't know. He may have been the one to put the spear in his side. But this is what we do know. When that Roman soldier looked up at Jesus, he did not see a criminal. He saw his Savior. And he said, surely... This man must be the son of God. And in that moment, his life was changed forever. That Roman soldier found God where he least expected him. But it gets gooder. Because they took Jesus down from the cross and they, and they put him in a grave. And guess what? It's nothing extraordinary about a grave until you put Jesus in it. And three days later, Jesus walks out of that grave declaring that he has not some power, not most power, but all power in heaven and on earth. And this Jesus wants to give us all a perspective change, an eternal perspective. That's good news. See, the, the good news of the gospel is that we can find Jesus where we least expect him. Maybe you're at the end of your rope. I want you to know that you need to let go and let God catch you. You can find Jesus where you least expect it. Maybe in, in between a rock and a hard place, but guess what? You can find God there. Just lean on the rock. You can find God where you least expect him. I'm done. That's my, that's my Sunday school lesson. I'm done. If you can't get excited about that, I don't know what's going to do it. But we don't want to leave, we don't want to leave this preaching moment without giving, us, without giving an opportunity, an invitation for somebody to find God right now. Find, find God. And, and, and here's what we say at BT. If you want to find God but you're not looking at Jesus, you won't find God. Because if God were to take a selfie, it would look like Jesus. And Jesus is here. 
to shift your surroundings. Jesus is here to fix your focus. Jesus is here to change your perspective, to give you eternal life, to give you abundant life, life to the fullest. And if you're ready to receive Jesus tonight, this morning, not tonight, I'm sorry, pray this prayer with me. Pray it in sincerity. Pray it in faith. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning confessing that I need you. I'm lost. And I want to be found. God, I want to find you because I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I believe that, God, you raised him again from the dead. And today, by faith, I place my trust in Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. My life is yours forever in Jesus' name.